Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Mullis, president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. Yep, that's what this next 30 minutes is going to be about, mortgages. Let's get it started, like the song says, anyway. So if you want to look us up, I'll start there. Feel free to Google Mortgage Teacher. What the heck do we do? Maybe you've never heard this program before. Uh, We help teach the differences of mortgages. We're unbiased. We mentioned it many times before that we deal with all the lenders. And and that's kind of what we need. We always talk about how banking has changed over the last 20 years. And I'm 40, oh God, 46 already. So I even see how banking has changed over my lifetime. Uh, I remember, you know, high school, college years in the 90s, going into the branch to deposit my check, get my money out for the weekend, you know, get prepared. And back then they were saying, no, Michael, please go outside to the machine and use the bank card. In fact, I remember being charged fees if I went into the branch. So this is where we've seen technology sort of mix uh, with banking. And as we see in life nowadays, um, wow, I go into a bank lineup during COVID and I'm told, Michael, you don't need to come into the branch. All of this is online now. Uh, you know, all your online banking, depositing a check through your phone. I mean, wow, guys, we are in the future and this is pretty cool. So that's what I want to just talk about real quick. And then, of course, what we're going to talk about is what's going on with purchases and how can we benefit here in the city of London. There still is opportunity, but hey, we're going to have to come together as a family to make this happen. And that's what I'm going to explain. But let me just ride on because I I understand who's listening out here. A lot of, if you're tuning in right now, you know, you're probably decently established. Half your equity is probably paid off in the house, maybe even more. Maybe you don't even have a mortgage. Why am I even listening to this show? Well, again, let's talk about, you know, how banking has changed. And this is why Mortgage Teacher can help you out. And I've said it on here before. And please Google Mortgage Teacher and read the reviews. That's what you'll read. We're here to help you get rid of the mortgage. Sort of like a financial planner, you know, planning your wealth. But first, you have to get rid of your debt to build your wealth. So we'll help you do that, get rid of your debt quicker. So of course, you can start talking to your financial planner. So if you're a financial planner listening out there, guys, we're the ones that you want to work with. We'll get your clients debt-free quicker. That means they're going to give you more money to invest because you're the hero at the end of the day, but we got to be the hero at the beginning of the day. Okay, so I understand that. So a little bit about, you know, why mortgage teacher and why wouldn't I just go into my bank? And this is why. This is how banking has changed. So let's just think about this because I remember my grandparents going into the branch to invest Yes, people. We used to go into the branch to invest our money, but now you probably have an, you know, an investment broker per se or a planner. We used to go into the branch to get our car insurance. Now there's online and apps and, you know, small brokerages that you can get your auto insurance. We used to go into the branch to get our life insurance. But now we have a broker, someone shows up at our house, you might get it through a different company. The point I'm getting at is these are three assets, building your wealth, of course, your life insurance and your car insurance. These are assets that we will not go into the bank and we don't trust their advice anymore. That's interesting. Now, a lot of us listening might say, well, I didn't really go into the bank or some of you might be listening and saying, yes, I still get my car insurance from my branch, but majority do not. Now let's jump on to the expenses side, debt, okay? 
This is, of course, your biggest one is your mortgage. Of course, there's car loans. And then there's small credit cards. So I always say, well, go into your branch and get a credit card. I'm surprised how many people come out with not a bank card. They might come out with a Costco card, a Canadian Tire card. Heck, I saw a Toronto Maple Leafs card, Visa card. So the point I'm getting at is we don't even use our branch for our consumer debt. So some of our credit cards. Now it comes to car loans. I think we can agree they're probably our second biggest debt outside of our house. And a car loan. When's the last time, like I in the 90s, yes, I did go into my local branch and ask for how much I could qualify for a car loan. But now what people do is you go into a dealership, they lay out four loans. You say, I want this one. Meanwhile, now you have a BMO payment coming out of your TD account. And guess what? Most of don't care. You don't care where you borrowed it from. You care the setup. Well, this is what has happened to mortgages. And this is where mortgage teacher has flourished. It's the same thing. It's sort of like wholesale versus retail. Now we can sit there and show you unbiased on what all the lenders have to offer. And of course, you can break down and pick the one that you want that best suits you. Okay, so just to get that out of the way, kind of makes sense. I've just realized it myself on how much banking has changed. And along with that comment with, you know, now you can do all your online banking. We really don't need to go into the branch for any advice anymore. We can find it elsewhere. That's the power of this. So with all of that now, let's get on with the the radio show. What I want to talk about in the next topic is pre-approvals and what people need to get into a house and where the opportunity lies here in the London area. And that's what we want to talk about. So first, I'm going to take a quick little minute to say thank you to all the people out there in this last year. We're running into the next year. 2023. So I always want to start by saying thank you very much for the past and for all of you out there that have worked with us before. Obviously, please tell the people around you we're here to care. And I mean, let's face it, it's been a tough go at it. Why do you say there's an opportunity, Michael, when all I see is interest rates going up? Well, yes, the cost of money has gone up. But on the same side, guys, the purchase of a house here in London is much, 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 much better this year than it was the last two years. So you can thank the increases for that at least. Going into a house to buy for your, you know, your your kid or maybe you want to buy a house or you know someone that wants to, it was insane. There were 60 different offers put in on one house and I, I saw family lose out on 17 different offers. And there was people paying overpaying like $100,000 over asking price. Insanity. So now there's more control. The offers being put in are with conditions. I'm sure if you're a real estate agent listening, you can agree there's a lot more inventory out there. So the good news is this is where the opportunity lies. So what I want to talk about is how does it work? The sad thing is in the last two or three years, and I'm just going to get right to the bad news, A single income will likely not buy you the house you want. I will say that again. The single income will likely not buy the house you want. And here's what I mean. Even when I got into the business 20 years ago, it was basically, I remember people calling in saying, you know, pre-approval, isn't it your income times four? I would say no, it depends a little bit more on, you know, what are your car payments, so on and so forth. But in general, it still sort of works that way, even today. So if you make $50,000 a year, 
you're likely going to qualify for about 200000 Okay, now let's let that sink in a little bit. Back in, you know, early 2000s, that was fine because you still could find a townhouse, an apartment, maybe a small house in, you know, east side of London that you could still grab for under 200000 So a single income could get you in that beginner home. The problem is now those are up to four hundred. So if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, congratulations! You know, as a first-time home buyer, younger generation, that's a pretty good set amount of money. Now, that how would that qualify? Now I just noticed the time here. We're going to jump to a quick news break, but when we come back, we're going to cover how the opportunity exists. How is someone going to buy a house? How do we get started? How do we get into the market? And hopefully it works for you, but tune in after this break. Again, I'm Michael Mullis from Mortgage Teacher, and we'll be right back after this news break. All right, welcome back to the show. I like that song, actually. Here we go again. Uh, So, in case you're just tuning in now, I apologize. My name is Michael Mullis, president of Mortgage Teacher, and that's what we were getting into, the, the hot topic of London and surrounding area, where the opportunity lies when buying a place. Um, as you can see online, do some searching and and please feel free to read up about us. We see that the housing prices are definitely coming down. We can see that there are a lot more properties for sale. So the opportunity exists there. Uh, now you can go and find a decent place for, you know, $400,000 where last year I remember the cheapest properties, you know, it was hard to find anything under 500,000. They were all 500 and 600. So there's many more opportunities to buy. Here's the dilemma. The interest rates have gone up. Yes, I get it. We've been qualifying for a stress test ever since 2016 and using 5.5% for that stress test. But now the stress test is up to 7.5%. Meanwhile, the interest rates you're getting, folks, they're still in the fives and the sixes. So the rates aren't up at that, but our government is making us qualify at seven. And what does that do? Well, here's what we're talking about. We get too many first-time home buyers. So if you have, you know, a son, daughter, kids, uh, niece, anyone you know that's starting to get into the housing market, I get a lot of these calls that, you know, I want my son to buy a house, I want my daughter, I want to get them into the market now. I get it. And this is what has to be done. And I think this is where we're trending, um, just the way we've changed as a society. And here's what I mean. And I could be wrong, but this is just my theory and how it feels. Back in the day, like I mentioned before the commercial, when, when you go to buy a house, it's pretty much always been your income times four. And that's ballpark within 10 grand. It's surprising how much you can afford for a mortgage. So if you make $50,000 a year, which in history has been a reasonably good income, 50000 times four, that's a $200,000 mortgage you could afford. Now, if you have 200000 in the bank, yes, you can go look for a house for four hundred. But if you only have you know $30,000 in the bank, then maybe you can't go and buy that $400,000 house. So here's where I'm going with it. The problem I see is Even if you make $100,000 a year, you would only qualify for a $400,000 house. And if you're making $100,000 a year, that's a pretty good income, could be a good executive job, and therefore the house you're buying for $400,000 might not be a fit with your lifestyle. Maybe you work on West London, 
uh, close to the highway. And meanwhile, the house you can buy for 400 is downtown on the east side. And that's not the area you really want to hang your hat. Uh, it doesn't fit. So that's what I find is happening. As I mentioned before, I haven't seen a single income purchase a property in years. Because it's either doesn't work or it doesn't, it's not a fit. So here's what has been trending. And like I said, here's where I think society has kind of changed. When I grew up, we would, you know, kind of move out on our own at 18 to 21. To be honest with you, you go move out with some friends or go to school. And some of us would maybe throw, throw our lives away for maybe five years. We always talk about that. Oh, you know, my credit was bad, but hey, that was college. That's what happened. And we all go through those years to, you know, just like mother hen throwing us out of the nest and we got to learn how to fly. I get it. And that's how, you know, I grew up. You got to learn out and grow on your own. And, you know, society's changed a little bit now. Now I see that people stay in their house and with their family and they don't leave the nest, per se, until 25, sometimes 30. You might be laughing and you might know a 40-year-old at home. What I mean is people aren't, they're going through that phase where they don't, how do I explain it? They don't jump out of the nest too early. They wait until they're well-prepared. Maybe their job is now more professional and they are making 75000 These are the things that I'm seeing. And the families are using each other. They're uniting. And here's how and why. So the kids are using the parents' paperwork to get ahead. So now we see lots and lots and lots of co-signing, okay, co-applicants, where the parents and the kids are coming together to buy a place. And they use parents' paperwork to qualify for more. And that way, instead of, you know, your child moving out at 18 and doing the five years of bruising the credit a little bit and kind of taking the bumps of life, they'll do that with you in the nest. We guide our children along to make the right decisions. So then they come, when they leave the nest, they're more stable, more of an established career, okay? The credit is strong because they've had more credit, uh, able to save up more of a down payment to pay for these fees and taxes that are, you know, we have in front of us. These are what I'm seeing. And then in return, what's supposed to happen anyway, not necessarily in my house, but what's supposed to happen is the younger generation staying in the house more, they help the parents grow technology-wise. Because now, you know, you got, how can I get this internet working? How can I build this network? How can I sign up for this? How can I get this delivered to my house? The printer isn't working. How can the inks out? Like, how, how can I get all this? Go- I have to scan this document and send it in. How do I do this? This is why we grow together. So the younger gen are helping the older generation, you know, raise together in one household and then leave the nest later. And in return, this helps you know, the kids help the parents grow with the, the, ray, the, the rise and use of technology. So this is sort of my theory. I find so many people coming in now that I might even have eight people around a boardroom table or eight people in a Skype meeting. Uh, Skype, did I just age myself there? In a Zoom meeting. Um, and, and that way, you know, because we're all involved, we are all here to help so-and-so buy a house. So if we're all going to support and help, let's come together and figure out a plan together. Uh, I'll give you a quick little example of how some might do it. I had one that, you know, parents said, I want to get our daughter a house. And we found one. Here it is in London for 425000 Then they said, but find out what my daughter wants for a mortgage and what she can get. And then we will cover the difference. Okay. So we sat down with their daughter, and it turns out she doesn't want her payment to be any more than 
you know, 1300 a month with her taxes included. That's a good budget to have. That's reasonable. So we did up a mortgage on how much she can contain on her own. That worked out to about 180000 190000 depending on the property taxes. And the difference, her parents are lucky enough. She's fortunate enough that her parents will support her. Support can be done in all kinds of ways. They didn't co-sign. They actually had the equity to put down. Where many other parents, I don't have $200,000 to give you, but I am willing to co-sign on this. Use my paperwork to help get in the house you need. And then once you're in the house, maybe, you know, you're renting out the basement. Maybe you have a friend staying there for the while. These are the things we did at the young, younger age anyway to help support and pay for the house. Okay, so this is where I see things trending and this is where the opportunity lies. I wanted to say this because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, now that we see house prices falling, there's many of us that say, I want to get my kids in the house. This is a good time to get my, my son, my daughter or together with family. I've had grandparents come in and say, we want to get our grandkid into a house now and, you know, get them growing up, pushing them out of the nest. And the opportunities are there with the real estate market. So congratulations, real estate agents. We're still going to be busy this year, I think. Um, but in return, it's worth sitting down and coming up with a smart strategy. And that's what we do here at Mortgage Teacher between all the banks. You know, what's plan A? Here's plan A. How's it look? Hmm, there's a good chance. Here's plan B. Here's plan C. Together, we know that. And then you guys can go ahead and put together your plan. And maybe there's tax deductions in it. Maybe there's certain paperwork. We organize all of that for you to come up with your automated plan moving forward. So Anyway, wow, time flies when you're having fun. Mortgages, I didn't think was this fun. <laughs> anyway, again, my name is Michael Mullis, in case you're just tuning in. Feel, feel free to look us up, mortgageteacher.com. You can always call us, 226-289-2991. We are there for you. And again, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.